Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View with me, Camila. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome back, welcome. If you're new, I'm a 22-year-old college student from Argentina, having a life-side career-based podcast that shows you that life is easier if you consider things from a different point of view. Yes, if I sound tired, it's because I am. I've been doing schoolwork all week. Actually, not all the schoolwork that I need to do, like I need to start studying right after I record this because... Yeah, I've been lagging on that department, but like to cut a long story short, basically I have a senior thesis, senior year thesis to do before I graduate. But for the first semester, which if you didn't know, I'm in my first semester here in Argentina. We have a different year: it's March, April, May, June is my first semester. For my first semester, I have I have like three deadlines for my thesis with like first is like the proposal of a topic and then it's like a little bit more advanced and then the more advanced and then you finish it whenever you want later on after your finals. But I finished my second deadline or my second kind of advanced thing that I needed to do for my thesis and I've been having the, the, the biggest, the biggest writer's block all week and the fact that I finish it and kind of did it it's kind of insane i cannot believe it i don't even know if it's like okay i'm sure it's not fully okay but i just i finish it like i did it whatever great i'm i'm in a great mood because of that but i'm also tired because i've been doing this all week like all week i've been staring at a blank word page and now it's a full seven page document it's beautiful it's so pretty So before I talk about today's episode, I have a couple things to say. Follow me on TikTok. Apparently, one of my TikToks, not apparently, like one of my TikToks has like 8,000 views, which is kind of insane. If I make it to 10,000 views, I might die. Like, I don't get it. Like, okay. Uh, But it's really exciting and I've been having a lot of fun there. Since my Instagram views have been down, I've decided to (laughs) go to TikTok and find some luck there. And I found it. So I'm happy. And it's like the silliest TikTok ever. But still, it's very funny and I like it. And yeah, so follow me. It's my point of view that podcast. And then um, if you want, you can go to Apple Podcast if you're not there already and leave a five-star review for this podcast. It helps me a lot. And I always like it when you tell me what your favorite episode is. And if you're new, you can let me know like from which episode you're coming from or something like that. If you want, <laughs> please do it. Thank you. And yeah, those are the things that I wanted to say. I think follow me on TikTok and leave a review and have a podcast, basically. Oh, and also one more thing. I've asked on Instagram if you want this intro to kind of change, to have like some more meaning. And you said you wanted like a solo short Q&A at the beginning. I should have asked the question before recording the intro today, but still I will re-ask it on, re-asked it, re-ask, whatever the word is, on Monday or Tuesday or someday during the week. Great. And I'll be more active on Instagram after Friday the 21st. That's the day that I take a midterm, kind of my only midterm, I think. I mean, I have another one, but that doesn't really count. And... After the 21st, I will be back at it. I will be back at recording, back on Instagram and back in my game, okay? I've been having a a kind of a busy month. But yes, today's episode is a very exciting one. I have two guests. And every time I have two guests, 
It's the best time. Uh, and it's with the host of Seeing Other People, Elena Dunn and Jonah Feingold. And yeah, basically they come, to, they have a podcast called Seeing Other People, as I just said. It's a dating slash relationship advice podcast. They have, I mean, they touch on so many topics relating dating, related to dating and relationships and all of that. So it's hard to kind of tie it as one but basically that's what their podcast is about it's an amazing podcast i love it and we basically talked all about their story because they're basically exes who ended up being co-hosts not really because i mean you have to listen to their story i will let you listen to the story because i asked them and how they had like a podcast before having seen other people and how that changed and what happened with all of that and then we just touch on since they both live in new york we touch on dating in new york and how kind of life is romanticized in new york also and how like that competes versus dating in la because they both lived in la i think and yeah we kind of made like a little comparison there and then we talked all about dating during the pandemic and how has that changed and how life kind of changed also and then we touched on career and dating because at the end of the day i really focused this podcast on career and we talked all about that and about their own careers and what they're doing. And we also touched on like more fun questions like what each other's types is and how to meet people outside dating apps if you don't like dating apps and kind of everything about that. Uh, but yeah, it's a very exciting episode and I think I, I recorded this intro like three times. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but <laughs> to kind of re-mention it anyways... We recorded this episode like a month ago and the fact that now I am their social media intern. So yes, I am helping them create social media content and I'm kind of basically creating their social media content. How many times can I say social media content in the same sentence? I don't know many times apparently. I am creating their, so I am their social media intern a month after it we recorded that episode like it's insane like we didn't know each other before recording the episode like maybe i talked with alana a couple of times on instagram and then they came on my podcast and then i went i became a patron for, well i was a patron before they come came to my podcast but i became a patron i recorded this interview with them then i went to a happy hour they did for their patrons and then <laughs> i'm laughing because it's insane and then i I applied for their social media internship they posted one day and then that same Thursday I got it and now I'm here working with them like it's it's insane because they're my favorite they have my favorite podcast ever I listen I love I, I I really really like it and I always love what they did on their social medias and now I'm doing it which is so insane <laughs> and it's one of my favorite types of work because it's the work that doesn't feel like work which is the best kind of work, always. You know, they say that if you enjoy what you do, it doesn't feel like work. I don't know, there's a quote about that, really inspirational. You can look it up. But basically, I love it because it doesn't feel like a burden or like, oh my God, I have to work or I have to do this. I really, truly enjoy it. And I love that. I love that. I, I, I needed that kind of shock of happiness in my life because my life has been really driven by schoolwork and quarantine and news and stress and you know when you just need something good to happen to you and this was the good thing that happened to me so guys if you're listening to this thank you for hiring me as your social media intern <laughs> 
but yeah so i'm just gonna leave you with the episode it's a really really fun episode i love everything we talked about on it and yeah i'm just gonna leave you with the episode now hey guys welcome back to another episode of my point of view today i have two very exciting guests hi guys hey what's up thank you so much for coming on do you want to introduce yourselves for the people that may not know who you guys are yes uh i will go first because i Mm -hmm. opened my mouth and started talking first um hey guys it's alana i am the co-host of the podcast seeing other people with my good friend jonah from brooklyn here I forgot that's what we're doing for my new intro, is that I'm Jonah from Brooklyn. Uh, this is Jonah from Brooklyn. I am the other host of Seen Other People podcast about dating and stuff like that in New York City. Dating and stuff like that. That's pretty accurate description. It's pretty yeah. accurate. Maybe yeah. we should change that to our tagline. Dating and everything in between. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love your podcast, by the way. I was about to listen to the new episode, and then I remember we were recording today. But I love how... like. You have so many different episodes about so many different things, not just like relationship advice. Like you have relationship from different cultures and all of that. And I'm very interested in that. But before we get into the episode, I asked this to every guest just to get the conversation started and just talk about how are we really, really doing during this time. So how are you guys really doing with everything going on in the world? Lana, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Go for it. You, you go for it. Um, I was, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty much, I'm like a very positive person. So I don't really, you know, there's ups and downs, but I'm a very, I always like to figure out how to make things work and stay positive and and find the light in the situation. Um, so I've also just been very, very busy. I think a lot of I are both lucky that what we've done is pivoted towards a very digital, um, standpoint. So there's like, it's not like. I'm not the kind of person because people sometimes say, you know, they get bored. And I think that that's maybe happening. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I've never literally never been bored in my entire life. Like, I, I don't I think never. I, no, no, because there's, no there's always something to do. You can make something, you know, there's always just something to create or do. And that's what I find joy in. Not everyone mm-hmm. does. But I, think, um, I will never get bored. And so this has kind of just been like a dream of like, oh, being able to do projects. Of course, this is a tragic time. But how is Jonah personally doing? He's doing pretty good. That's love good. that for you yeah thanks guys. you've never been bored i cannot believe that is it just something you say or you literally never been bored something has been boring to me like you know a piece something can bore me but like i don't get bored now because if it if if there's always some, there's i just create stuff out of nothing all day anyway so it's like mm-hmm. technically it doesn't ever have to stop yeah yeah <laughs> i feel that for you and, it, and i mean honestly jonah like you are the busiest person that i know so and and i'm the second busiest person behind you so i actually do at at a first thought i was like wait you've never been bored what and i was like no that makes so much sense (laughs) (laughs) um for me i'm doing okay i think it's hard because i've i've really i think over the last year i've tried to stay away from the news and turn off any like push notifications that would give me more and more like depressing news because i think in the beginning it was really really difficult because every day there was something new and it's it's a really hard time for the world um Mm -hmm. so for me personally I think learning to manage that and and kind of be in my own little bubble was my way to deal with it but overall right now I'm I'm doing okay I think 
um, having the podcast and working with Joan on seeing other people has helped a lot over the last few months. And I think right now, the one thing I'm trying to kind of manage is that transition back into being social and going Mm. and doing things that I haven't done in a year. And I used to be the most social person ever. And now I'm realizing it's like I've changed a lot over the last year and I really enjoy my independence and I enjoy spending time in my own company without anyone else. And so I'm trying to navigate that transition into going back into being social safely, of course, and having interactions with people maybe a few nights in a row my body's kind of like, no, 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 way too much. Like alert, alert, back down, get into bed, (laughs) turn off the lights, be by yourself. Um, so I'm kind of figuring that out one, one week at a time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally feel you with that. I remember when here it just became super crazy and we have restrictions and basically kind of a new lockdown. But before that, uh, I tried to do two things in one day and I literally came back to my house and I was tired I was like hungover and I haven't drank a drop of anything (laughs) like alcohol and I was like I'm done I don't I need to sleep all day so I totally feel that and I'm kind of scared for this second lockdown to make me more even like an introvert and like a inside person since Mm -hmm. I don't have any choice but let's hope not, you know, let's hope yeah. the transition to go outside is easier. <laughs> exactly. Jonah, what did you just take a sip of? What are you drinking? Uh, I was drinking Saratoga still water. It's water. Okay. I needed a bottle of water earlier and I got a It looks one. like a giant bottle of wine. I started laughing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. The label and everything is very wine-like. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. So before we talk about dating, and I wanted to touch on because this this podcast is very career based, I wanted to touch more on dating and careers. I wanted to know more about your story because you guys have like a crazy kind of story. Not crazy, but I find it very interesting, like from lovers to access to kind of co-host at the end of everything. Lovers. That's what you guys call it. Maybe not lovers. What what, Uh, what were you? Almost lovers. Almost lovers. Almost lovers. Almost lovers. all this time. Yeah, to access to Goho. So how, when, and how did you end up here? (laughs) Yeah, so Jonah and I met, we matched on Hinge in August of 2019, and we went on an extravagant, incredibly fun, bachelor-style first date that he (laughs) planned. And we definitely hit it off really well, and we're both super into each other. And we went on a bunch of dates. And um, what Jonah didn't know was at the time, I had recently gotten out of a relationship. And I, he was like my first attempt at putting myself back into the dating world. I was like, okay, I guess I'll download a dating app. Okay, I guess I'll try going on a date with someone. And he was the chosen one. And what I realized was I was not at all ready to be dating. So I really liked him. And Jonah, I'll let you take it from here. Uh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, so <laughs> uh, we basically a lot of texted me saying that she just kind of wanted to be like friends because she just got out of a serious relationship. Long gray text. This is all documented, well documented. Quick shout out to all the listeners. If you do want to see this text, it is well documented on our Instagram feed. Um, there's a screenshot <laughs> uh, and a video sort of about this whole thing, but. Um, yeah, she sent me this text and then I was just like, okay, like, I guess I believed her cause she, you know, she was telling the truth. She was like, I just got something serious. And I was like, okay. And yeah, then time went on and Alana was in a position where she could green light possibly a podcast for Hinge. 
And we thought we'd make a co-host for that. You know, two exes talking about dating is an interesting premise. And that's that's kind of how it was born. Um, and that sort of rekindled our relationship and friendship. Eventually, we spun off and turned into seeing other people, which has been a lot more fun because we kind of have more control over everything. And here we are now, good friends, both, you know, making a podcast happen and talking over Zoom. And the backstory that I always love to include that we sometimes forget is that prior to us matching on Hinge, Jonah had DM'd me almost a year earlier, slid into my DMs asking to get coffee, though he lived on the opposite side of the country. And we also were connected via email to work Mm -hmm. together. And I ignored both things unintentionally. Um, and then he always says he was, he was very surprised at first when I like matched back with him and like started talking to him because I had previously ignored him him twice. (laughs) I was, I was unintentionally unknowingly playing very hard to get. Wow. I didn't know that. I always thought, I don't know why. And I think a lot of people thought that it was the other way around. Like Jonah sent the text to Ilana and I don't know why people think that. Probably because I make a lot of content about getting ghosted and getting my heart broken. So everyone just assumes that (laughs) I've never actually rejected somebody (laughs) in my life. Yeah, probably maybe because of that. And the first episode you guys recorded of Dating Sucks, was it awkward? Was it weird? Was it okay? Did you have like prep for it? Or were you already like... We, We did it in a studio, interestingly enough. And the rest of the show was recorded over Zoom. It definitely took some getting used to. I had a previous podcast with my sister. So there was like a very organic flow to like talking with my sister, my sibling, who I've been friends with since we were babies. Yeah. And I think for Alana and I, when we first started, it was like, okay, what's this look like in terms of how we're going to talk and whatnot. And I think Alana, if you remember, you would kind of say like, let's cut that or let's, let's pause and reset. And I was like, just no, like we let it flow. Yeah. Like I was a tragic disaster. In it our was first difficult. Recording. I'm not glad it was annoying. <laughs> and I, I was know. like, <laughs> I was like, and we're still trying to improve. I mean, like literally, this goes out to people who are listening who are starting their own podcast. Like, I, I'm we're both very big on feedback, and to a certain extent, people don't know usually what they're talking about. But if you hear a consistent note consistently, and if you get a note consistently, it's worth examining what is the real note behind that, and that goes to everything that you do as a creative it's like what is um what is that really saying about how you can execute that in your everyday life because you know we're all trying to improve yeah yeah totally i totally agree and so you elena were working at hinge and then when you ended like your contract or i don't know what exactly happened the podcast basically kind of ended Mm-hmm. because I found you guys through seeing other people and then everyone was oh, talking nice. about dating sucks and there's nothing on dating sucks and I was like what <laughs> the hell is dating sucks like, wait someone please let me know so that's so interesting I'm really curious how did you find seeing other people I listened to you on bitch work podcast on a comparison episode that you did and I mm-hmm. love that episode and I was like wow she has a podcast and then I searched for your podcast and you had like two three four episodes maybe at the time oh, nice. and early yeah. on yeah love that that was kind of the story but Everyone was talking about dating sucks and all of that, and I was like, "What is dating sucks?" Like, yeah. I admit it. You look for the for the Instagram, and it's down, and everything is kind of down. Were you were you sad that kind of everything is kind of deleted, or you were happy to kind of start over again, back from zero? Both. I mean, we were very happy to start fresh and be able to have full creative control, but it is really sad, like that 
the episodes did come down. It's funny. I'm wearing my dating yeah. sweatshirt right now, but no, it it's was, it's sad because we did put so much work and, and so much heart into the season of dating sucks. And I think the biggest thing that's such a shame is that those episodes really help people and people mm-hmm. will reach out to us saying like, Hey, like the episode with like about anxiety, I really enjoyed listening to it. I have a friend who like needs to hear it. Can you send it to us? And it's like, unfortunately we can't. So mm. for that reason, it's definitely sad that it's all gone, but we're hoping that with seeing other people, we can kind of rebuild and, and improve on everything and still provide all of that help just with new episodes and with new guests and, and all that, which is why like Jonah and I are releasing three episodes a week right now just because there's so much we want to cover and it's there's insane. so much that people need to hear. Yeah. It's insane. It's like Taylor's version of the new. House. It is like Taylor's recording. version. That's a really yeah. good comparison. So That's really... true. Yeah, be recording. I would love to hear an episode on anxiety, though. Like I suffer from anxiety, and that would be really cool to listen to. Like I think, I don't know. I think it plays a role in every single part of your life, especially dating. So that mm. would be really cool to listen. But yeah, you should re-record the episodes, Taylor's version. I, I That's totally a good idea. I kind That's of a... love that. That's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. And then I wanted to talk again, dating. I never really did an episode of dating in this podcast, mainly because this is a quarantine podcast and dating. Here we had, for context, a six-month-long quarantine, like lockdown, full lockdown. You can go anywhere six months from March to September. So there was no even, not even in my, I wasn't even thinking about that when everything was kind of, the restrictions were open and all of that. I just thought of seeing my friends and my family and that was kind of it. I was like, I'm not even going to try right now. And also 2020 helped me to do like a lot of introspection and work on myself that I didn't do back in 2019 and all of that. Now looking back. So yeah, so that's why it's never been on my mind until I heard your podcast and all of a sudden I became obsessed with knowing what people are doing and how they are dating now and all of that. But I know you guys live in New York City and people say that dating in New York City is like different from anywhere anywhere else. So what are your experiences dating in New York City? <laughs> um, they've been good. Elon, you wanna go first? <laughs> it's it's really hard. I mean, in general. It, it's funny jonah and i are in a weird place that we've never been in before where both of our dating lives are going well I know. i'm a patron so i know but i didn't want to <laughs> oh, put the co- patron content up. out you know i was like i'm not gonna put the patron content the deets, out there but I know, the I know i know um but i mean in general dating in new york or a city similar to new york where there's a lot of people there's people who are from new york people who are from all over the world it is i think very difficult because there's that like there's so there's so many options and mm-hmm. it's the whole like well could I find someone better or like you go on a dating app and you can literally swipe forever without running out of people and so it's really hard because it, it's like you find someone and it's like well here's this person who is great but is there somebody who's even better for me or have like should I try dating this other type of person because I haven't done that yet and it seems like that person exists everywhere. So yeah, it's hard because sometimes it seems like there are way too many people out there that you don't know if you're choosing the right person or if you're settling and there's someone better out there. But in a weird way, on the flip side, you I, I feel like most people in my like dating pool and, and the people I talk to, we all end up somehow finding this like small world of people in the same circle who are all the same and like there are so many other people out there. So it's like, well, why do we keep dating the same type of person when 
everyone else is out there. I don't know. It, and I don't, I don't know if that's specific to New York or like my friend group, but it, it just seems like there's a lot of extra struggles that come with dating in New York. Jonah, what do you think? I think that every dating situation is going to always present its own. It's always grass is greener. In New York, there's a lot of options. You have sometimes people write into us and they say that they there's no one in their town they can date. There's no one within like no. They're getting no matches because it's all too far away. Just because you have more options doesn't mean you're going to find somebody more likely. And I think it just presents its own relative issues. I think the worst place to date in the world is L.A., Los Angeles. So. What? Because LA is horrible. As a city, it's really... Like the worst ever? The worst in the world. I don't I, I don't love LA. Like yeah. I went to LA a couple of days and it wasn't my favorite place in the world. New York? I don't know. At least in New York, it's the best city in the world. And the people here are amazing. And like everyone is just... It's a great city. Yeah. So like... I, you can see I, I agree. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Look at all your New York stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm manifesting moving there next year. So. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. You have to let us know if that happens. Hopefully. When everything comes back to normal yes. if it ever does but yeah i don't i don't why is the worst i want now i want to know well, la like the worst well la yeah. is the worst i mean the, the list is huge but the basic ones is there's just no sense of city there's no sense of community and i think the biggest issue there is that everyone is there for a reason to to, to do something and i feel like no one's there to just like live mm-hmm. you know no one's there to just build meaningful mm-hmm. everyone's there to to be a singer or to be an actor i mean there's for their career yes for their i i'm all about career stuff but like everyone's there to seek some sort of solo victory um and there are good elements of la not to shit on it completely like um you know when people say why you moved to la like oh the weather is so nice but like that's like saying you're only dating someone because they're hot yeah. it's like weather's uh, nice in a yeah. lot of places how's your why do you like your boyfriend because he's super hot you would immediately say that's stupid yeah. and <laughs> yeah. it also depends like what weather do you like I like the cold. <laughs> you need to you need to diversify the weather. It needs to you be need a change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My thing with LA is, I mean, so I lived in LA for a short period of time, and I've also dated a few people out in LA. And and like Jonah said about people all being there for a reason that's career based. My experience with dating people in LA is that they didn't want to date until they succeeded in their career. Anything that they were doing that wasn't for their career mm. was like a a big no-no like this will prevent me from achieving what I need to achieve this will distract it I can't have that um so that was a big thing and then my other bone to pick with LA is that every everything's obviously so far apart because of the traffic and Mm. so if you want to have a successful like dating and social life you need to live where you work but you also need everyone in your social circle to live and work where you live and work yeah Otherwise, yeah. you're never going to see anyone or anytime you do see someone, you're going to have to spend an hour in the car to do so. Yeah. 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 But also a lot of here Argentina is like that. Well, Buenos Aires where I live, like I need a car to see my friends because mm-hmm. my university is in the city. So I met people from the university in the city and everyone lives around that. And there are so many suburbans, mm-hmm. neighborhoods around that. So I feel like New York is very different in that sense where Literally, you have the city at the palm of your hand. If you want, you can go uptown today, downtown, Brooklyn, Queens. Like, you literally can do whatever you want, and you can just take the train, and that's it. Mm -hmm. You don't actually need, like, a car and the traffic and all of that. But, yeah, that's very interesting. I never thought about LA like that. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that New York was also like that. Like, people were wanting to achieve anything in their careers and then date. But I guess it's not like that. (laughs) I I think think it's... Go ahead. 
In New York, it's simultaneous. Like people will have very driven careers, but also still make time for their dating lives because they kind of probably treat their dating lives like some sort of accomplishment to the extent of their careers, like highly functioning, busy people. Let's just take like, like as an example, like a real estate agent or a finance person. They go on more dates than fucking anyone in the world because it's like a, it's like the drive of it. And that goes for all genders, you know? I know so many people who are just like five, three dates a week, company card, working, 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 which is probably, again, why where a lot of the root of the problem comes from is because you're so preoccupied with whatever it is that your job is that you're not preoccupying the person, which I actually think is okay. Like, I, I would never say, like, you got to, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you want to make sure that you're giving it your all. But there's a, that's, it makes it complicated. Yeah. One thing I, I think could be the reason that it, I, people do focus on dating in New York. And I've never thought about this until now, but I wonder if it's because movies and TV romanticize romance in New York specifically. When yes. you think about New York, <laughs> you think about all aspects of your life, including like, like you think of like your both like your career is going well, your social life is blossoming and you are meeting the love of your life. You're falling in love. Like you're going on dates because that's what we see on screen. So I think that's part of the reason why when people are in New York, it is on their mind, even if they are so career focused, it's like, well, this is other thing is a huge part of what life and life in New York is. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I think that is life in New York in general is so romanticized. Mm -hmm. Like, Hello, my room. Like, I'm, I know I romanticize New York way too much. And I know, at least I know that We're I here do. for that. We're totally here in support of that. Well, sometimes yeah, I, I mean, walk down the street and I'm like, this place is a fucking dump. Like, but that's the beauty of it. But I think that's it. on garbage that's day. No, that's the beauty of it, though, is that you see, like, it's even garbage in the street is something that we romanticize and that we think is really nice. And I think that stems even earlier than movies. It just stems from the fact that there's a lot of people living here in a very small amount of space. And... There's like great architecture. There's a great sense of like optimism and hope and like unity that all stems from that's like, that's why New York is portrayed as like a romantic place. There's jazz, yeah. which is a romantic, you know, type of music. So like it all just kind of melting. It's a melting pot. So it's, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all part of the mise-en-scene. I mean, this is why Paris is also romanticized. Yeah, but also the past year I watched, I rewatched a lot of rom-coms. And if you think about it, even the Cheetah Girls are in New York. I'm, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> this cannot be it. Is this a what, sign wait, or something? The, the Cheetah, Cheetah Girls are also in New York. I was like, Manhattan Magnet School, duh. You don't know who the Cheetah Girls what? are? No, there's no way. The Cheetah Girls. What? Oh, the Cheetah Girls, no. of course. I didn't know that was, oh this is set in New York? Yeah. Yeah. go to Manhattan Magnet. The first movie. Oh, i never yeah. seen the movie. I rewatched the it movie. It is a movie. There's like, nothing no. else to it. There's no show. It's, it's oh, they it's, were they were a girl band before the movie, but they became they the Cheetah yeah, Girls. They were a band. Okay, the Cheetah Girls with Disney. But I was like, no, there's no way. Like, you cannot be the Cheetah Girls on New York. Like, this has to be a sign or something. So yes, Amigos, New York is romanticized for life. Yeah, I know. Guys, I'm really when Melinda is on the second canon. movie. Oh my god, don't even. Well, that's another topic for another day. But I wanted to ask, since you said that, like there's so many options in New York. Do you think that hesitating in a relationship while or maybe dating someone in New York is a sign of maybe I should move on or maybe you should stay and see? Like, if there are so many options, if you hesitate even once, yeah, does that make you want to go back and find someone else? I, I, 
It's hard. I saw this quote on Sex and the City. That's why I'm saying this because I'm rewatching every single show again. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard because it's I think regardless if you think there's something with someone, even finding something with someone is so rare that you should always try and see it through. But I do think more often than not, we don't because we're like, oh, well, like maybe this person isn't as like they they have a good personality, but I really wanted someone taller or I wanted someone who's <laughs> from the same state as me and they're from somewhere else. So like, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. they're just not it. Like I, oh. I feel like there are a lot of people that I've dated in the past who had I like had either of us kept it going, like, sure, we could have totally made it work and have, had been really happy together. But it, it's like we all create these really long wish lists of what we want in someone. And because it seems like there are so many options out there, we do go looking for someone who's going to check off all those boxes, even if those boxes aren't actually the boxes that like we should be looking for, you know? Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yes. And I wanted to ask also, I know that the pandemic changed dating in every single sense of the world, but did it change in New York specifically with that kind of thing about the options and all of that? Did it change dating in New York, the pandemic, or it's still the same and you still think you have all the options in the world and if, any, if anything, it's sort of like heightened what you're looking for and like maybe made you have this sense of like, oh, I really need to really need to find somebody so I don't live alone, you know, so I don't die alone. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think that's happened. I always kind of liked it when you would see these pandemic dates to people sitting outside in the fucking freezing 23 degree weather, drinking like beers and like trying to make a date work, which I think is great example of New York making it work. In LA, you would never see that. You know, to me, trekking in the snow to sit outside, no, this is preheaters being a thing, and having like a like a glass of wine with someone you met on the internet three days before, that's that's the termination, you know, for for romance. Um, so, I would say that it's definitely New York is now a, diff- a different place as people are getting vaccinated, but uh, dating definitely took an interesting turn here. Yeah, I think people are definitely being more intentional with like who they're going on dates with and and when they're like just going on dates in general, like people who weren't really searching for something before. Now they're like, oh, I probably should prioritize dating in my life. But one thing and I, I had a date with like, this guy maybe in like December or January and we he made a really interesting point, which was so he came to my apartment because it was really cold and we didn't want to go anywhere. I wasn't going to restaurants at the time. And he said before the pandemic, him going to someone's apartment for a first date would never have happened. He would have been assumed that he was, it would have been assumed that he was a serial killer that would never fly. And then the pandemic hit for the first few months, everything was on lockdown. And then over the summer, it started going back up, like, like it started opening up. So in those first few months, he was able, like dates would happen. First dates would happen where nobody assumed he was a serial killer girls would invite him over or go to his apartment (laughs) totally fine that's what you had to do and then things started opening up over the summer and suddenly no do not enter my apartment I'm of course not coming to your apartment what if you're a serial killer and then the fall came and it started getting cold again and restaurants started closing Mm -hmm. again so suddenly this guy was no longer considered a serial killer and people were letting (laughs) him into their apartment which I think is so funny and I was like I thought it was the most hilarious thing that he brought it up because it's so true yeah yeah and there's also 
a lot of safety around dating, especially dating apps that sometimes I feel like people don't talk about. Like, I mm. feel like you should have, before at least going on a first date, you know so much about a person that you meet online. Like, I feel like, for example, I would send my location to my girlfriends. Like, hey, yeah. just in case. Yeah. And it's something people don't talk about sometimes and people don't do. I remember one of my friends... She was swiping on Tinder and she matched with this guy. She, he was 30 years old and he didn't have he didn't have a Facebook or an Instagram or whatever. And it's not to bash on him because he didn't have social media because I know people don't. Yeah. But we were like, he's 30, looking for 22-year-old girls and he doesn't have social media. We were like, let him pass, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's better not to have a wrong situation when it comes to that rather than that. And I feel like it's weird that the pandemic kind of throw that aside and be like whatever but yeah that's really interesting yeah i don't know i i've always think about safety when it comes to dating because i don't know i'm a woman and that's always in my mind and that's yeah. really important to think about again just sending your location and being like hey if anything happens i am here just 100 yeah my friends and i really we talk about that all the time and we always share a location and um we have a code where like if there's an emoji we send during the day it means like health wow and that's a good one very smart, very smart yeah idea. and it's it's scary that that's what we have to do but it's it's comforting to know that like worst case scenario there is a plan and there is someone who knows yeah. where you are and knows that you need help yeah yeah Fun. but it's weird that also the pandemic people didn't want it to be alone and they invited yeah. people that didn't know to their apartments right. like it's it's weird yeah crazy story i matched with this one girl on hinge once like two years ago maybe a year and a half ago two years ago and she seemed really normal and cool. She worked for the New York Times and she seemed really cool. We're talking. She says, today is her birthday. And I'm like, oh my God, happy birthday. She's like, yeah, I want to come over and have birthday sex. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then she was like, I'm serious. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like telling my friends this. And I tell actually my friend Jesse, shout out Jesse, my friend Lindsay, shout out Lindsay. This is We Might Acme, Lindsay. I'm like, hey, you two, I need like team analysis here. This seemingly normal woman, who seems awesome, is asking me to come over for birthday sex. Now, first of all, if you were a dude, I could never DM a girl third message on Hinge, do you want to come over for birthday sex? I would be banned from the app. <laughs> You'd be um, banned from like the world. The world. Mm, yeah. But that's, I'm like, you know that's what? That's how we get canceled. That's how we get canceled. I'm like, you know what? I respect this ask and I get it. She wants a birthday sex. Like I seem like a seemingly normal person. I'm, I'm nothing but no, I'm not normal at all. Nope. No one is normal. Um, and I'm like, okay, like give me a sec. So I think about it. I run the uh, analysis here. Worst case scenario, she's a serial killer. I die. Best case scenario, <laughs> she has some great birthday sex. So I make my way over to the Upper West Side, which is where she lives, and I call my friend Jesse and I call my friend Lindsay and I say, hey guys, I'm sharing my location. I'm going to call you when I'm inside. Not a text, a phone call. And there's a keyword. And I need to say that keyword and that will confirm that I'm okay. I think the keyword was like my dog's name, Nana. And I go to her apartment. I'm like walking up and I'm like nervous as fuck. I'm like, what is this? And by the way, we had like fun small talk. Like it wasn't just like come over for sex. It was like fun small talk. She seemed really cool. We, It, it was just like, it. I don't even know. I really don't I'm even know. I'm fascinated because I've never heard this story. Really? I know, okay. I'm like, what, yeah. what happens? I actually have told the story on dating sex, so you have heard this story. Um, and <laughs> she's so, recording now. She, she doesn't. Yeah, remember. when dating sex got deleted, Alana's memory of dating sex also got yep. deleted. Um, so I go up, I knock on the door. She's there. 
she's really cool. She's like really nice and awesome. And I like go through the door and I'm like, I get in there and I clear the room basically, you know, clearing, like, you know, it's like a team. I'm like looking in every corner and I'm like, she's like, what's up? I go, well, I brought you some wine. Happy birthday. And I'm not going to lie to you. I told my friends I had to call them when I came in here to confirm that you're not a serial killer. You told her? Of course. No. What do you mean? Of course. <laughs> what if she still was? Well, we were like, it was all, there. what was she going to kill me with? Like, I, I, you know, at that point it would have been. I don't know. Did you open every combat. closet? Did you check under the bed? I did. did. No, I checked everywhere. I cleared, I, like I said, I cleared the apartment and I called my <laughs> friends. I was like, Hey, it's all good. And then we just like kind of hung out and talked. And I was like, look, I gotta be real with you. Like what number guy was I that you hit up for like birthday sex? She was like, I didn't hit up anyone else. I like, you seem cool. And I thought it'd be funny. And my friends were like, just do it. And I was like, okay, this is a little making a little more sense now. Like you have the friends were there, the instigating friends again, you know, it's your birthday. Why not? And, uh, that's the story. She's really cool. And, uh, you know, we, we were friendly afterwards a little bit, but have since gone our own ways. And she had birthday sex. She did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. 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 Right. I, but also I'm, I'm hyper always like trying to stay safe and secure of all my surroundings. So I don't think I could ever be like, oh, I'm going to go and see and I'll call you if <laughs> something happens. Like, I don't think I could ever even go. I'll be like, no, no. It was definitely but... scary. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was like nervous. If, like, what if there's just a, it's just a gun or like what's going to happen? <laughs> why, why me? You know, and like, um, but again, we ran the analysis of it. And like, also like, what a risk for her to invite some stranger, some stranger man yeah. over to her house. Yeah. But, I'm thinking on the side of like her, like what came through her mind? I don't know. Maybe you could have been the serial killer. Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she just like looked at my Instagram. She was like, this guy has a lot of pictures with his dog. And if this is real, then who's he going to, what's he going to do? Imagine yeah, if that was know, like you... your meet cute. That was the beginning of happily ever after. Well, that's the thing. I was like, what if like we actually started dating after that? And I'm, I'll be honest with you guys. It wasn't far from that. Like she was really, really cool. I could have totally see if I was in the place where I was like remotely like wanting to, you know, share my life with someone, I would have totally like dated her, but so just wasn't great. there. Wow. Yeah. That would have been a great, really movie. great, movie. A great I know. movie. A great movie. Yeah. Birthday sex. I would. Yeah. Yeah. You should call it that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I will watch that movie. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask you, so we don't keep on talking about anything else, um, careers and everything. So just a little bit about what you guys do as your careers. And then we get, we match that with dating because yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So my career has definitely taken a turn over the last year. So I actually started out in the music industry and I, well, I have one question for you. Yes. You work for the Jonas Brothers. Can you please tell me the story? Because they were my first concert ever. You throw it there in a Patreon episode. And I was like, why is she not talking <laughs> more about this? That's exactly I what know. I said. If you remember, I was like, why won't you tell us the details of the Jonas Brothers? I actually had to cut out like, a certain part of it that I won't say because I'll let Alana tell you if she wants yeah, to. No. I was like, did you meet them? I need to know. <laughs> I, I've met them a bunch of times. So basically... <gasps> I like fell in love with music via me falling in love with the Jonas Brothers and I ended up wanting to work in music. What I always say is because I wanted to help people fall in love with music the same way I did by developing this like really deep and meaningful connection to a specific artist or band like I had with them. And um, I studied television, radio, film and music business in college for that reason. I had a bunch of internships, worked at a bunch of different companies where I was getting to work hands on with artists and and fans and stuff. And coincidentally as I graduated college Nick Jonas started talking about how he was looking to put together a team of his fans to work with him and 
his management team and the kind of surrounding concept of like nobody knows what the fans want more than the fans themselves. So over 3,000 people from all over the world applied. They picked 15. Seven were from the U.S. and eight were from other countries. And it was the coolest experience ever. Like this is something that I'll, I'll be like talking about for the rest of my life. Um, wow. And like I had an interview with him over Skype and then um, it was announced. It was, they, they announced like on his socials like who was selected. And then two weeks later they flew us all from every corner of the world flew us to Dallas to have meetings with him, meetings with his managers, go to a concert. We had our own room backstage and um where I was, where where <laughs> I was doing this? I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah, and so um from that I was young though. Yeah, it was it was probably like 5 years ago at this point and um from that point on that was, that was when Nick was solo and I I stayed in touch with his management team and and worked pretty closely with them in this group and um uh, because I worked in music I was definitely like very hands-on with it because I like that was my career path. And so that was really like the most awesome thing. And and I still keep wow. in touch with these people to this day. And like occasionally whenever the boys are doing something, like we help out in whatever capacity. Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's they awesome. were my first concert. Oh my God. I miss them. And now what you do, but I just needed to know the story because yep. I was like, she worked for the Jonas Brothers and I need her to tell the story just in case. Yeah. So I did that for a while just as a side thing. Um, I worked at Sony Music for a few years and then I ended up pivoting and went to Hinge where I was really like using content and content creation to connect with people who were dating all over the world and help them with their dating struggles, which is what brought us to Dating Sucks and brought Jonah and I to work together. And um, I haven't been at Hinge the last few months I left in November and I'm now freelancing. I, I actually am loving like being my own boss and, and being able to choose the projects that I'm working on. So I'm not planning on going back to a company full time, hopefully ever again. Um, and Jonah and I have the mm-hmm. podcast and I have a few other clients, um, another podcast that I'm working on that I'm producing and some people I do social stuff for. And I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. This is not something I ever expected to really do, but I, I love it. And I'm really fueled by it. So um, we'll see what happens. And that's me. Mm-hmm. Jonah? We love that. We love that. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. There was that. a motorcycle revving its engine on my street. Did you hear any of that? No. I no. went on mute as soon as I could. Um, Good. But, yeah, but that was crazy. <laughs> um, similarly to Alana, I went to film school. Um, different Went to USC. And, um, it, my journey is like, I've wanted to make feature films since I was like four. So it's like, I've known kind of what I wanted to do. Alana and I also did connect over our passion for the Jonas brothers, which is a fact. (laughs) Um, great band. They, uh, not they. Um, so I was like doing stuff in LA, (laughs) making content, writing stuff, making digital videos when that was a thing, when you could like make a living doing that, that included why Alana and I got linked up at Hinge actually, because I was trying to make a commercial for them. Um, which ended up, <laughs> yeah, which ended up being a different project called Maybe Josh, which is like a short film from your phone screen about a couple that meets. Um, and uh, long story short, I've always wanted to make a feature because to be a feature film director, you have to make one, which is like this weird catch 22 that like, you know, they don't teach you in film school. My dream is to direct Disney movies like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. So I, two years ago, went to my 10 year high school reunion ran to a friend of mine. He instilled the confidence in me to go out there and make something by raising money to go do it. So over the course of like four months, we raised like our budget, 
which is like insane because we basically had three months to like raise financing for a company, which is like when you make a movie, it's like starting a company. And we did that very quickly. And then you got to do so much more. You got to assemble a cast, write this, you know, have the script ready to go, make the movie, make sure nothing happens every single day of that movie that will jeopardize the entire fate of the movie. Um, make yeah. it good. Yeah. Then how are you going to get it out there? How are you going to show it to people? And then like, do you get to make, make another one? It's probably the hard, I truly believe that filmmaking at like in a successful level is one of the hardest things out there to do. I don't think emotionally it's that it is hard on you emotionally, but like in terms of like, cause you really have to manifest magic. Um, both what your product is, is like the movie is like magic, but like the idea of people coming together on the day to do the scene with the money in the bank account, with everyone's schedules lining up is in and of itself magic. So um, we just I just made my first film. It is called Dating and New York. So we've already said that buzzword 50 times in this <laughs> podcast. It'll be great, great <laughs> SEO for my movie. Um, yeah. And it'll be premiering sometime this year, which uh, in June. Wow. And I can't say which. It's your first big, big film? First big film. Yeah, first real movie. Wow. Premiering at a festival that I cannot officially say yet, but it takes place in New York. And ah. very exciting. And we'll hopefully <laughs> very, be on a, on a screen near you at, at some point. But that's um, that's what I've been doing for the past like two and a half years. Although, you know, it's it's taken 30 years, I guess 27, <laughs> you know, 20, 26 years to do and navigating what the next one will be and, and all that jazz. And there's so many intricities that come with what I've just described because my job as director technically is only lasting production, like the days that you shoot and edit it. But every single day you're trying to manifest something that's in your mind into reality. So there's a lot it's of, it's like your baby also. Like It is my baby. How can you just let it go? It is my baby. <laughs> like, if you yeah, look okay. if for the people watching video, if I'm not sure this is video or not, but those are some of the pieces yeah. from the film. It's opening title credits have, uh, mm and like work from there and you're really gonna like it. it's take place in new york it's very new york wish fulfillment vibe um and <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a dog i, see a I dog. will take it as a sign that it's in new york just in case the universe wants to see this as a sign this yeah. is a sign okay this is a sign this is a this sign. Is a sign. sign it's a sign this is a sign but i just wanted to ask like because for example i'm gonna give my example because i am kind of pickier when it comes to career and dating because i do a more political major i'm an international relations major which people think is traveling it's not it's more political just in case no one knows mm -hmm. and i have kind of like maybe deal breakers or things that i need someone to know or to want to know i need someone that wants to know what's going on with the world that or at least wants to listen to me talk about what's going on in the world and kind of have I know people who hate talking about politics and it's like oh no i hate talking about politics i don't want to talk about politics i couldn't date a person like that so for example, do you have kind of deal breakers or things like that when it comes to your careers? Like, I don't know, maybe movies that they need to watch or something that they need to do, music that they need to like, or maybe more big things? I think for me, it's more so like, I don't need somebody who likes the Jonas Brothers or who listens to the Jonas Brothers on their own time, but I need them to like support me in my love for the Jonas Brothers and like be okay yeah. with me talking about what they're doing or playing their music. And, and that's the same thing with like, I'm very passionate about my career in every stage that I've gone through it. And like, I don't need someone to understand how to, I don't need someone who listens to podcasts or who <laughs> cares about like social media, but I need somebody to be interested in the work that I'm doing behind the scenes to make my podcast happen and to create content for someone else's social media. 
So it's not necessarily like that they it's their innate passion, but I want them to be curious and open to it and to also have a lot of like passions and and drive on their own because I think because I'm so passionate about what I do, like to me seeing that in someone else about what they do is very attractive. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you Jonah, do you have any deal breakers when it comes to that to your career? Well, I think my answer is actually very similar to It's just like you need to be passionate about something. Um, that's a deal breaker. If you're not, it doesn't need to be your career. It could just be something in life you got to be passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. That's a good way to look at it. Good yeah. that you're not in politics <laughs> like, me. <laughs> like me. Because it's, it's co more complicated to find people that want to talk about politics rather than not. But also that's why I think that the people in my careers and everyone I know looks for people that have similar majors, careers, and all of that. Because mm -hmm. you need to have someone to debate with and talk about. And more like the more traditional kind of people, they don't really care about that. And yeah, that's mm -hmm. why... That's what it's about. And then, just to close this section, and then I wanted to ask you some questions from my listeners, which I kind of had to dial down to five, I think, because there were so many. I have a quote that I really live by and that I love. And in my friend group, it's always a debate about how true it is. And it's the most used quote in the world, but I swear by it because it's one of my favorite mm. books. And it's from the Birds of Being a Wallflower. And it's, we accept the love we think we deserve. What are your thoughts on that quote? I know it's complicated because uh, I thought about it since I read the book, but God. yeah. Go. <laughs> is it, wait, the quote is, we accept the love we think we, we think deserve? We deserve. Yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that is quote? True? Oh, that's true. What's, what's the, why do we not accept the love that we don't think we... What? Well, because a lot of times we might not think we deserve, we deserve what we do deserve. The love, yeah. Like, sometimes we deserve uh. a lot more than what we think, and... And there have been really low times in my life where I'm like, I, why would anyone love me? Why would anyone want to be with me? So I, I don't think that's necessarily true because if like it can't be, but at the same time, hmm. when, when you're at a high in your life, yeah, it's like, yeah, like I'm fucking great. I deserve someone who is also amazing and who is going to appreciate all of my amazingness. So it, I think it's so situational, but I, I, yeah, I knowing how down I've been about life and love and myself, I can't say that I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. But has it ever like being down on yourself? Has it ever affected the people that you attracted or were interested in? Do you think that that affected your relationships? Even if you didn't did it, if you didn't do it consciously like yes i am accepting this kind of kind of crappy love because i think crappy about myself but now looking back do you think that that kind of affected the love and the support that you were accepting at the I, time i do think so i i mean i can look back and identify really really unhealthy and and bad relationships and situations that i was in and i was accepting the like less than the bare minimum and thought that that person was giving me the world Mm -hmm. And that's just because of, like, the mental state I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Ex that's exactly like my point. Like, I believe so much in that quote, and my friends sometimes don't. But because sometimes when you're in a really low place in yourself, and that's why I'm such an advocate for working on yourself and then going out into the dating world, because you can accept love that is not what you actually deserve, but what you mm -hmm. think you yeah. deserve. 
And that's when it gets kind of tricky, you know? Exactly. That word think in there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now some questions from my listeners. So I said there were five, so we just don't go on and on and on. Someone asked, what would you say each other's type is? So Elena, Jonas, and Jonas, Elena. Great question. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Alana's type is Jewish brunette dude who lives somewhere above 14th Street but below 80th Street. Went to an East Very Coast specific. Yeah, went to an East Coast debatably liberal arts school. Um, Hot take. She used to have a type that was like um, unstable musician who's probably malnourished <laughs> and tall. <laughs> That's no longer her type because she's found her self worth, and she's upgraded to like um, nice. You Jewish accept the dude. love you think you deserve. Nice yes. Jewish dude from the East Coast. Um, I think that they need to be overly communicative, good at texting, close with their family, um, specifically close with their mom, and have a good group of friends. Um, That is no tattoos. Um, And like down to like... No tattoos? (laughs) Is that a deal breaker? Yeah, no tattoos. And then I would also say like just not too edgy like not too self-aware of who they are and i mean that like they kind of live in this blissful place of this is who i am you know Mm. um that's that's a lot of time (laughs) i have to go (laughs) um wow a lot to digest here yeah, holy shit. I like the part where you like Mushis, Mushis, oh my God, I cannot say that word, Mushis, whatever. People who did music that were malnourished. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the key part there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need that. We're going to need this as a, a clip for our Yeah, this is a good clip for our podcast. Without yeah. a fucking doubt. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so Jonah has multiple types because I've seen him be really interested in people who are very similar to me. And then I've seen him be interested in people who are like from a completely different world that like, what's it called? Like manic pixie dream girl type of thing. Like (laughs) super artsy has never like listened to any like mainstream pop radio, (laughs) like walks around with a canvas bag with all of their books in it (laughs) as well as their notepad. Um, Definitely oh dresses God. a little bit like homeless chic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's correct. But then he's also been interested in a completely oh different type of girl. I remember, Jonah, I remember we were, where were we? We were at some bar with a bunch of our friends and you were like, oh yeah, like this girl I'm, I'm like talking to is coming. And this girl walks in and I'm like, how did he go from like going on dates with me three months ago to going on dates with her? Like what? Really interesting. I wonder what <laughs> that was. We were just so different and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just like, I, it was just like polar, polar opposites. Um, well, truth yeah. be told, you don't actually, you weren't ever in my category of people that I typically go out with. That, I think that you're the outlier in that case. Cause I think I was interested in the fact that you did video stuff. I was like, Oh, this is cool. And she's like, must have an artsy side because whether she wants to admit it or not, you know, yeah, this, this but job like, is how artsy. different am I from, from Kim? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kim 
is like, and this, I mean this in a great way about her. She's like got more of an, like a dark edge than we all think. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Well, anywho, um, that's... I like the homeless chic. But homeless yeah. chic is completely I, accurate. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I'm, like I know. Yeah, it's like those, they have like those Instagrams shit. where it's like they're not trying to be like really pretty, but obviously they are trying to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. So it's and like a the last thing I'll say is yeah. they need to definitely like have their own independence in life because Jonah is a very busy person. He might not respond as frequently as somebody with like texting anxiety needs. He, he definitely mm. needs someone who is secure like securely attached, very confident in themselves and is like, yeah, this guy likes me. Like we have a date planned on Friday. Like I don't need to talk to him every second of every day. He's busy. I'm busy. I'm going to go um, sit in a coffee shop and read and exist and talk to him later. So that's a perfect analysis. Have maybe have a cigarette, like like two hits yeah. of a cigarette, then throw it away. <laughs> or just like light it, but not actually smoke it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! And that's the tea. Then, yeah, wow, yeah. Like I so see you with the pe- persons that you both described. Like, yeah, of course. Then someone asked, and I know you have a whole episode about this, so just kind of answer a short version of the episode. Sure. How to meet people? How to meet people slash date if you don't like dating apps? Ask around. I think friends, family, coworkers, everybody knows somebody. And everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. So put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to say like, hey, I'm really sick of dating apps, but like would love to go out on dates. If you have anyone in mind that you think would be a good match for me, let me know. Yeah. And I'll piggyback off that by saying that this is a hot take in feedback from that episode, but I believe that every app can be a dating app. So the idea is just treat your digital apps like potentially a dating app. And it's not like you need to go out of your way to do that. Like don't go on LinkedIn and, hit up everyone be like what what are you up to but like don't be discouraged by it like people are always looking to meet other people romantically and obviously when you're like a happy marriage hopefully you're not doing that but if you're single you are open to you can be anywhere in the fucking world and a part of us deep down is like is this person do i love this person you're on airplane lock eyes boom at a grocery store boom you know so that's what i'll say yeah but also you can have the you situation where a guy approaches a girl in the whole foods and then he's a literal psychopath <laughs> for the whole show but correct gotta be careful gotta be careful yeah hmm. yeah these questions have something to do with that how to not get catfish on a dating app how to knock a catfish? You should do. You should do an episode on catfish because I saw people reading catfish stories on another podcast, and I was like, "This is genius." I think it's hard. People, it, you, uh, it is hard. Have you ever gotten it, catfish? I've gotten the wrong impression. Um, oh. I think what happens is there's it's one intentional catfishing. So there's that, right? It's when, it's when you put a fake version of yourself on the internet and identifies that and pretend to be that person you meet up with someone catfishes aren't that fucking clever like even on the catfish show notice (laughs) how sketchy all these things are if there's like a consistency of digital red flags and i get it not everyone is as well versed in the digital intricities of modern romance as perhaps all three of us but Mm -hmm. are their pictures blurry do they respond at strange times does the story not add up are the texts green are they typing weird? Does he not want to take a phone call? Can they not do a FaceTime? Is there 
profile like look like it's not legit like there is a legitimate way to to exist on the internet and be transparent with that and if it's too much of a facade chances are they're hiding something so there's that and then of course there's like the you know having pictures on your dating profile where they're all from 2014 and then you meet up with someone they're like i don't know they look different (laughs) false advertising (laughs) i don't know that's like it's like you order the shoes and they're you order the couch offline it's too small yeah so yeah yeah i think i i think the facetime thing is a really good point i think if you have any doubts or you are have suspicions the best thing you can do is try and get on a facetime with them if they won't do that try again on a phone call and if they're not doing that there's a problem you know yeah. it, it it shouldn't be that hard and even be yeah. upfront. i want to do a facetime because i don't think for whatever odd reason my friend just got catfished i want to make sure it doesn't happen to us just be transparent about it yeah or just say yeah. i always i just for like i just want to make sure you're you <laughs> Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a very legit version. Yeah. 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 And then someone asked, do you guys worry about life timelines, like marrying at a certain age, having kids at a certain age? No. Yes. Maybe. I, I do not worry about that now. But that's, you know, I don't know. Probably. I think as a woman, it, it's something that's always yeah. in the back of my mind. Um, but more so from a perspective of like I'm 26 I feel like I've already done a lot in my like career and I'm happy with with where that's at I'm happy with like my friendships and stuff and the one thing that I've seen all my friends experience that I haven't really is like getting to figure out yourself with someone else and in that partnership Mm -hmm. so for me it's been something that like I'm like well when is it going to happen for me not because I'm like oh my god I'm getting old because I'm not but it's just like I've done a lot of work to grow myself independently and I want to start like getting to the point where I'm sharing a life with someone just because that is like that next step that I do want does it need to happen tomorrow no but like I in a perfect world I'd love to like be with someone for a few years now and starting now and then like have one thing lead to the next like feel confident that they're my person get engaged get married have kids and that is what I hope for so in, in that sense yes yeah yeah I agree so much with you, yes. <laughs> because I think that when you're a woman, you also have that biological cl- yeah. clock if you want to have kids and it's also something that's always in the back of your mind. Or when your mom had kids, so you have right. to think, like my mom got married at 25 and I'm like 22, like that's not going to happen in three years. Like yeah. Exactly. No way. It's like, well, if I want to have kids. And like, why? And I'm like, no, yeah. no, it's not going to happen at 25. Like, no. Right. I'm like, if I want to have kids by the time I'm like, let's say like 32, like, okay, I have six years to get there and I don't want to just like meet someone and like date for a year and then get married and have kids like I want to meet someone like really make sure they're the one so it's like okay so I have to meet someone like next week if I want to have that you know like it's it's crazy but yeah yeah and the last one says did you guys ever played hard to get did it work or not in life in I suppose in a dating situation um, it never works when you're trying to be intentional with it, I think. I, th- I think uh, when you're unintentionally, like I find that a lot of people have approached me later on and said, are you playing hard to get? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just <laughs> busy. <laughs> and so, But then vice <laughs> yeah. versa, when I've tried to play games, I'm like, I really like this girl. I'm going to play hard to get. So she likes me more. And that, I don't longer do that anymore. But like that's back in the day when I didn't know what I was doing. Still don't, but even more so. Did it work at the time? 
No, not when I tried. Did try. the girl like you more? No. Not when I tried, but nowadays, if it's like, mm. you know, and this used to, like more recent yeah. dating excursions. Um. Yeah. The games don't work. Don't play hard to get. Don't do any of that stuff. No. Never works. Yeah. It, it. If it's if it's intentional, it's not going to work. I the guy I'm now dating, um, he was under the impression that I was playing hard to get. I had no idea. I was just mm. very, very, very busy, mm. and so like that apparently worked, but I wasn't intentionally playing hard to get and i think on like our third date or second date he made a comment about how i like take a while to respond to his text i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i will not i'll stop doing that because that's not my intention (laughs) like i'm not trying to play a game or like make you wait so um yeah i think don't you have to just be yourself and it'll click yeah well that's all for the questions from my listeners and now some rapid fire questions and we'll end up the episode it's okay cool so just Answer the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first one says, what's your go-to coffee order? Venti iced coffee with milk from Starbucks. Just a plain latte with almond milk from anywhere. When you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to your mind? No one. (laughs) Um, Well, successful. Myself. Wow, my my parents. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> what are some common misconceptions about you? Well, that's <laughs> not a quick answer. What is that? Uh, one. Everything. Uh, one, that I get one. ghosted every day. <laughs> yeah, for the record, Alana, ghost- Alana broke up with me, everyone. I want to go on the record and just make that very clear. Um, misconception about me is that um, that people make misconceptions about me all the time. I think is a, is my misconception about. In me. one of your episodes, you had a whole like fifteen minutes explaining why Jonah is not, not a, a douchebag. That's Correct. yes, that's a common misconception about Jonah that that he's a douchebag. Misconception: I don't interrupt Alana on the podcast, and if Correct. I do, find the example and tell me. Send it I to interrupt us. Jonah, and I don't get why people Correct. keep saying that he interrupts me because I interrupt him, and people keep leaving negative reviews that he keeps interrupting me, and it's really <laughs> annoying. Appreciate that, and it's because. It's gender normalities of the 2021. I'm a guy and you're a girl. And if I talk, it's not valid. No matter what I do, I'm perfect. That's correct. But I don't know. I feel like your episodes sound very natural. I don't think that one interrupts the other. I, I don't feel it when I listen. So when you said it, I was like, why are they answering so much to this comment? <laughs> it was so funny. It's, we like to, not that we want to get fuel to the haters, but, you know, it's funny to make fun of them. Hmm, yeah. If you could live in any movie, which one would it be? Ooh. Live in any movie? Camp Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I think I want to live in like when Harry met Sally, which is like close to my reality, but just enough of the magical there's always music playing that I'm like down for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the whole friend friends to lovers is such a romanticized idea that I, for example, would love to have like friends to lovers Mm. and tell kids like, wow. But yeah, whatever. If you could be one person for just one day, who would it be? Zoe. I was going to say my dog, Birdie. My dog's right over here, Zoe. (laughs) I would love to live a day in her life so that I could know if I'm giving her the love that she needs, if if something that I do for her is annoying. No, like I'm serious. Like she's like the most important thing in the world to me. And I always wonder if like I... I'm loving her in the right way for her, you know? That's so nice. You're such a nice pet owner. Mm. She's my world. 
Hmm. And the last one says, what's a song that never fails to make you dance? Um. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> um, Graceland by Paul Simon. That's my answer. Um... Lana's going to be like, SOS. <laughs> no, no. Um, break free, Ariana Grande. And Zed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for being here with me. Do you want to shout yourself one last time where people can find you, your movie, Jonah, and all of that? Yeah, movie's called Dating in New York. It'll be on screens near you, hopefully very soon. You can follow it on Instagram or Letterboxd if you want to start logging that on your Letterboxd account. Um, my name is Jonah Feingold, which is also my IG handle, and our thing is seeing other people. Alana's is Alana Dunn on Instagram. Alana and dot done dot done in there. And there's a and on TikTok and all that good stuff. But more importantly, if you're trying to reach out to us about the podcast, send us an email with any dating questions you might have, and um, make sure to listen to our podcast. So I'm not over the whole each of our types <laughs> thing. That was the greatest thing in the world. Holy shit. <laughs> I need to go think for a while now. There's a lot to digest from this. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We